Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are back once again with True Hill Heat 83. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we're going to talk about all of the fallout from New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. And yes, there was a lot of fallout. The WWE superstar who is behind the new mass policy for the company. And it's a, it's a person that we've brought up before. Uh, week 41 of the Wednesday Night War, including AEW Fight for the Fallen, as well as a preview and predictions for Slammiversary and the horror show at Extreme Rules. But let me introduce my co-host for this edition. We have the true heel alcoholic himself, Mr. Top Guy JJ. Yo, wait, hold on. I, I'm missing my boo already. Like, Miss Chrissy, where, where are you? Like, you know what, Chris though? I know I know what she's doing, though. She, she's celebrating a special day, so props to both of you guys. I hope to hear a lot about it when you come back here on what is it? True Hill Hate 84 on number Ab 84. Absolutely. This edition is, is, is sponsored by the birthday of Mr. Larry Love, the star of SmackDown with the Lynches, the 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 other half to the dynamic duo on there with their sons. You gotta we gotta wish him a very, very special happy birthday. So Miss Chrissy Love is not with us today, but we are joined by a very, very special guest. From across the pond, we have a lot of new subscribers from the UK. I've been checking out. I've been checking out the analytics. And we have a lot of new subscribers from the UK. So I'm very glad to introduce a very special guest from over from the UK. He is a freelance journalist and a contributor for Daily DDT and Sports Kita. This man is in the inside even more than me, even more than Jimmy and uh, and Cash say on AE Recap. He is more of an insider than me. Yes, this is Mr. Tom Conahue. Yes. What's up, brother? Well, thank you very much. Always a wonderful introduction. I love doing podcasts and shows like this just to get that love from everyone because you have to. I'm your guest. <laughs> Absolutely. He is the star of his own YouTube channel as well, where he is talking about all the news from around the wrestling world. Please, sir, introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about you. Fair enough, fair enough. I am Tom Collihue. I'm indeed from over the pond in Blackpool, England, where William Regal learned to wrestle. And uh, having met the guy, that is literally all we talked about. I have been writing for Sports Kida for more than a year now. I do indeed break backstage news. Don't really like to call myself an insider because there's connotations on that word. And I'm not fighting in the trenches with everyone who's uh, putting their bodies on the line there. But I've been writing for about three and a half years about wrestling now. Loving wrestling for about 22 years. And uh, just excited to talk about it here with you guys. Awesome. And shout out to London. Hey, love. What's going on? <laughs> Shout out to London, you know, special somebody out there in London, you know. Besides Tom, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes Tom, thank you for joining us on the show today. You are going to bring a lot, of, a lot of the news to us today, and we love news right here on True Hill Heat. It's the heat behind the True Hill Heat, of course. So we have to make an announcement before we get to our roll call. True Hill Heat is now one of the proud sponsors for one of Chicago's premier independent promotions, Warrior Wrestling. 
Warrior Wrestling has had stars such as Brian Cage, Jeff Cobb in the past. We've even had fights like uh, Tom Lawler versus Minoru Suzuki at Warrior Wrestling. So they produce some of the top professional wrestling in all of Chicago. So we are a proud sponsor of them. And we will be sponsoring their next event, which is in a few weeks' time on August 7th. We can announce that THH is the official sponsor for their Warrior Wrestling Championship match as Brian Pillman Jr. will defend against Robert Anthony with Frank the Clown in his corner. So, you know us. We've interviewed Brian Pillman Jr. We're rooting for Brian Pillman. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm sorry. (laughs) So... We got to go off with our True Hill roll call because if it wasn't for you, the subscribers and the viewers of True Hill Heat, none of this can be possible. We wouldn't be sponsored for promotion. We wouldn't be growing as a YouTube channel. So we have to show our appreciation to you guys. Our conversation starters on the True Hills group page on Facebook. Number three is our New Japan officiato, James Wims. He's been very busy with the weekend from New Japan Pro Wrestling, which we'll get into. Number two is Charles Kirkhoff. And coming in at number one is the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. And the true heels that we got to shout out, we got to shout out Kareem Smith, Jeremy P is back on the page, uh, Andrew Hung, Maria Gonzalez, Jason Michael Campbell, of course, and our subscriber highlight. We got to highlight some of the comments from all of our, our videos here. So Kwame on the last true hill, he he commented uh, the conver- conver- uh, the controversial. Uh, and polarizing Jeff Hardy uh, alcoholic angle is the modern day version of Hawk and Scott Hall's controversial and polarizing alcoholic angles from 97 and 98. WWE is using the angle to, of course, bury Jeff Hardy for refusing to sign a new contract. And Kayfabe Tactics, he's been commenting on all our New Japan videos, so we got to shout him out. He says, awesome. I'm so happy that Sid was hyped up for Despy coming out to challenge Shingo. I love me some Despy, and the love of Shingo goes without saying. And yes, I am conflicted by that. And D-Ray and Jason, he said, just subbed and seen SP3 on Wrestle Talk. Keep up the good work. And he ent- he uh, commented that on Wednesday night. Night Warrior, so shout out to him for being a new subscriber. So we got to talk about what we missed, and what we missed was the New Japan Cup 2020 Finals. We had full roundtables on both big events, but I got to hear the comments from Top Guy JJ and, of course, our special guest, Tom. What was your guys' thoughts? We had New Japan Cup 2020 Finals. Uh, Evil defeats Kazuka Okada, like I called, but... I did not call that. He turned heel. He broke up this legendary tag team. He broke up. He 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 showed dissension in LIJ, even though it was getting teased a lot. And he joined the Bullet Club. And New Japan Dominion, Gato doubled down on that. And Evil shocks the world by defeating Tensuyo Naito to win the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships with the help of a returning Dick Togo. All the dick kicks led to the return of Dick Togo. What a coincidence. (laughs) No one. Who predicted that? No (laughs) one predicted Dick Togo. Togo's return. So I got to kick it over to our special guest, Tom. What was your thoughts on the big weekend and the big heel turn from Evil? 
Well, first off, I'm not even sure Dick Togo predicted the return of Dick Togo. It was so out of nowhere. But that that heel turn, Bullet Club is so depleted. They've got no Jay White. They've got no Kenta. They needed something just to keep them afloat. Evil is not the person I saw it being, I've got to be honest. Even though when it happened, it was such a beautiful moment, turning the fist into the two sweet and going for it. It came out of nowhere. It was such beautiful pageantry. And really, just the shock of it hitting Naito, that takes him out of everything that followed. They doubled down. They changed the whole outfit. They changed the whole entrance. They changed the music. Evil as we know it is gone. Everything that came before washed away. So they have certainly committed to this. That said, he's got his own manager. He's not being managed by Guido. So is he really invested in Bullet Club or is he going to end up in a completely different team anyway? I don't know what's going on and I'm very happy about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was it just got everyone talking. And and that's what like you said, it was something that they very much needed. What was your thoughts, Top Guy JJ? Yo, when you when you see New Japan, New Japan knows what the fuck they're doing. That that's it's literally is like who? Who in their right mind? Like, first of all, I wanted Evil to make it to the finals to, to the cup anyway. But I didn't think that he would go ahead and controversially beat Naito for, for, for the double championship. And then the way and the manner in which how it happened. Like, like you just said, they <laughs> it looked perfect. Like, his look is awesome. I was like, yo, why wasn't this trigger pulled so long ago? He looks like a top badass in the company. Now, like, it... It's like, oh wow! Like, I, I, they, they literally just took one of their, their, their stables and just made them a top echelon in a matter of days. And you know what? I believed every second of it. <laughs> I believed every second of it. It was, it, it, it's something that was completely unexpected. It was not something that was forced down your throat. This just caught you off guard, and you was like. This is the wrestling that I used to love back then when I didn't know what the hell was gonna happen. Like I, I loved it. It was it was this was it was a perfect couple of nights for me experience and those two transgressions. It was so and then and then my God, like most people can anybody like just for the for the people that don't know who the fuck Dogo is? Well, Dick Dick Togo is a wrestling legend. If you if you don't know who he is, we went in depth about it on our on our Dominion roundtable. Uh, J News is a big fan of Dick Togo. Yeah, God. Uh, he I, I I call him the Dick Togo of of True Hill Heat. He is he is uh. he is. He knows his stuff, and he went in-depth. He said that he has a long history with Mick Foley back in uh, FMW days. He says that uh, I remember him from his run with Kai and Tai in the WWF uh, as a part of the Attitude Era. It wasn't until... Years later, until I was older, that I was able to expose myself to his history in Japan. But yeah, that was what how I remember him. But I I I recognized him immediately. That that he has a un, he has a recognizable face for sure. But I gotta ask Tom, what is your thoughts on Gato's treatment of Naito? Though Naito had a 
abbreviated run due to the pandemic. And Naito is the is the guy that he gets a little bit and then they take it away. He's been the IWGP champion, one defense before and then lost it on the second defense. And then it happens here again. He got the he got the shaft at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yes, I am one of those New Japan fans that's still upset about that. Yes, yes, yes. because that should have yes. happened. I understand yeah. the Okada push. And yes, Okada is a god to me now because of that title run. Mm-hmm. I understand the good that came out of that, but the bad that came out of that is that Naito still hasn't recovered to me. But what was your thoughts on Gato's treatment of Naito over the weekend? Naito's had a very strange story, very unusual in New Japan. He's been divisive. He's had those moments, and in his time away, he learned so much, came back very different to what he was before. He's one of those people that are so reliably called upon, and maybe too reliably. Maybe he's one of those that they want him to be chasing the belt, and certainly there's a great storyline now between him and Evil that they can run with for a year Mm -hmm. if they end up in a situation whereby for the next year, they don't have everyone coming back. And there are some people we might not see come back to New Japan. We have to come to terms with that. That there are some people, their contracts are still going and they may look elsewhere. WWE are casting some envious eyes on some of those wrestlers, I tell you that. Jay White more than most, but obviously locked down for quite a while now. With Naito, yes, he was really crushed by what happened there. But there's a psychological aspect to this too. Because he's been not just crushed in a wrestling sense, but crushed in an emotional sense. You can honestly look at that match and say he's come into that not feeling right, not wanting to win that match. It might just be a case of he didn't want to be there, to be completely honest. That's a possibility. I don't know the man. I can't speak for him in that regard. But there are so many different possibilities. From what happened at the end of that match, it looked like we might not see Naito again for a little while. I mean, that that would probably be the best thing for his character at this point. And I think I think it's it, it leaves that lingering question of how does the other members of L.I.J. respond to Evil's turn? Because we've already mostly apparently because <laughs> we've seen how Hiromu Takahashi responded. So what was wow. your thoughts, uh, Top Guy J.J., on Hiromu's response and him challenging Evil? as the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, challenging for both of the dual straps at Sengoro Lord coming up in a few weeks' time. Shit felt like I was watching an anime, yo. He was pissed. <laughs> it felt like he was turned on by his master, yo. Like, they, they know how to sell a story, boy. Oh, my God, yo. And the fact that they probably went backstage after and just said, damn, that was good. <laughs> like, I, yo, I'm telling you, they did. this was some... Like they 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 had this well thought out and they had this ready to go probably for months and they pulled that trigger on all of these moves and all these reactions and all these emotions. This was wow, roller coaster ride of emotions. And yeah, I do think that evil can take this run and go with it and have all of these counters and all of these battles and especially when Naito returns because you know Naito's gonna disappear for a little while. And they come back as he's probably gonna come back as something different, as some dark emotionless character 
that don't give a damn about nobody and they mamas and and come right back for evil. But I'm telling you, it's gonna be fun as hell to watch. That build up to to Wrestle Kingdom in January is gonna be epic. I can't wait for Naito to just dye all his hair black and just <laughs> totally go evil emo mode. Over the Pull, pull his uh, Okada balloons <laughs> when he got the red hair. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, no, but I love I love what both of you guys are saying with how New Japan kind of tells their story and plays on the emotions of us fans. And we made that analogy with, like, kind of it being like an anime story where Oromo is the little child of L.I.J. And the father just got beaten down by the older brother because evil is the first the first member that he brought in to, to L.I.J. So he's the older brother of the family. So he got betrayed by his older brother. His his father has been beaten down. His father that he's been he's been trying to fight with. He's like, I want my match with dad. <laughs> so 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 now his 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 father is gone. He's upset and he's going after the gold. So it's it's a beautiful story and they tell it so well without us having to know the language, which makes it Dude, good. Did you see that sprint to the ring? Yo, I had never seen a man run to a ring faster in my life, yo. He ran like he had cleats on, yo. <laughs> like, it, uh, it, it's a very difference to uh, how Jado, Jado. <laughs> I was just going to bring that one up. He spent so long getting to the ring, they sent someone else out just to do it first. <laughs> they were like, go, 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 Taji. Go, go. Just run. You'll, you'll make it down there before he does anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, that was hilarious. So, also on the card at Dominion, we had uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defeat the Golden Aces to win the IWGP Tag Team titles. That was one that none of us predicted on True Hill Heat 82, but I did change my prediction on the New Japan Cup Finals, so I did have that chance and I took it. So, uh, what was your thoughts, Top Guy JJ? On oh, that really? Surprise? Really? Of course you did. Of course you changed your pick last minute. You know, pull these little last minute shenanigans. Yep. I was surprised. I was actually very, very surprising. I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. has been in a, he's been in a bit of a slump. And this was this was definitely surprising to me to see, especially over the Golden Aces. Like I was I was pleasantly surprised because again, like I like the outcomes that I'm un- that I'm not expecting. Expect not thinking that it's the most predictable of outcomes and then to get something completely different because obviously on the show none of us picked um to win and I went with Golden Aces all the way. I just thought this is going to be the Golden Aces chance to get, you know, to get some gold and get some straps and it just didn't happen. It really didn't happen. I was like, "Oh, wow. This is this is something surprising." And good for Zack Sabre Jr., damn it. I picked them to win way like I guess 3, 4, 5 matches too early. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you picked it for the New Japan Cup. You should have picked it for the tag team titles. You're living your learn, sir. Yeah. But also on the card was the show stealer. And in my opinion, one of the best matches I've seen since this whole pandemic has started. We had Shingo defeating Show in a never open weight title match, a stellar hard hitting affair. Tom, what was your thoughts on this one? This was such a good match that it did not matter one bit who won. It was just going to be an amazing spectacle. You've got Sho stepping up, really showing what he can do. He's had a wonderful tournament. At the same time, I did not come into this knowing much about Shingo. I really didn't. But even just the tag team matches they've been having, they told such a beautiful story. 
there wasn't someone being a coward and someone being the tough guy. They were both ready to fight and just throw down. And they did. It was so hard-hitting, so intense. And it really showcased just the potential of these two men. Show has future champion written all over him after this. And really, even though he didn't get this championship, his day is definitely going to come. There are so many people right now really able to take advantage of the fact that there are people missing. He has a chance. Taichi had a chance. And it really added so much more to the show. It added to that predictability. I didn't know who was going to win. I didn't care who was going to win. And at the end of the day, I was just happy to see such a good spectacle. What I thought was the match of the night. Absolutely. I would say it was the match of the weekend. Match, uh, bet the best match of either show that I, that I saw this weekend from New Japan was definitely Shingo versus uh, Show. But definitely you are 100% on point with that one, with your observation that they just put a spotlight on so many different other people. We are talking about the, the Young Lions, something I never really talk about with New Japan shows. They put a spotlight on even the Young Lions with them like growing with Gabriel Kidd shouting out Nagata and getting his ass whooped like <laughs> it's just fun stuff like that is like a fun journey to kind of watch along with everybody's career and it makes it like everybody's got something going on which is real cool and something that we talk about aew doing a lot so we i love to see it in new japan and they I, they kind of probably do it better because there's the language barrier as well and i'm able to translate through all of that even yoshihashi got a little push and that meant so much to me personally absolutely so and, I just and, wanted to see him do well. If not for his injury, he'd have been joining Bullet Club. I tell you, 100%. All the way. <laughs> it would have been the- him. It would have been him. But I have to show love and shine light on someone you said that you liked beforehand. And that we, we shined a light on during our roundtable. Tori Yanu. As I said during the roundtable, the best feud of the New Japan Cup in my eyes was Hiromu Takahashi versus Tori Yanu. It was, it was a story so, almost, uh, so many years in the making about a young lion growing up. And still being scarred by a man that torturized him when he was a young, when he was a youth. It's so, it was so captivating. It really was. Even just seeing Hiromu come out with that helmet on. And just, you don't get moments like that anywhere else where someone commits to the storyline so hard that they spend all of their time screaming, running, hiding. And on the other side, you've got someone who plants scissors all over the arena. I kept waiting for another pair of scissors to pop up in the cup final or something like that. (laughs) Just at some later point, Evil finds a pair of scissors and just takes advantage of the situation. I kept waiting for it. Shame it didn't happen, but I was very happy with what I got, including the part where he just shoved in an elevator. Absolutely. That was one of the best I hoped we wouldn't see him again. After that, I just hoped we wouldn't see him again until he appeared just at the main event, just walking around the outside and going to the back, just in the background of a shot or something. Or when um, when Tai Chi was doing the product placement, choking out Tanahashi while advertising at the same time. You don't get (laughs) stuff like that anywhere else, I tell you. 
You know, you know, they, they, you, like you said, they fully commit to their characters and it's so great. One, uh, one other person that I got to highlight is the person that interfered after the Never Open Weight Championship match, El Desperado, as he attacked Shingo and, and showed that he was going to challenge for the Never Open Weight Championship. So that was all from New Japan over the weekend. But I just got to say, once again, no one gets the emotions like New Japan, it seems, because like, it got everyone talking and so many people i didn't even know were new japan fans were talking about this so it's beautiful i love to watch i love to see it so smackdown uh bring us back down <laughs> um, i just i just want to before we go before we go on a low for the show before we go on a low i just want to f- i feel honestly that evil is gonna bring a lot of people to watch new japan just off the look and how obviously how simple his name is because I, a lot of people that don't watch it and they don't know who Kazuka Okada is and Hiromu, Hiromu Takahashi and they don't they don't get it. It just looks like Japan writing. But just seeing Evil as a double champ and he has that badass look, this is great for New Japan, especially because it's been it's been running YouTube. Like it's all over the internet right now. It's literally all over YouTube right now. Completely agree. They've been trying to find the next big name to get the American audience now that they've lost to Kenny Omega. They don't have Jay White. They don't have Kenta. It's exactly as you say, just the simplicity of the name evil. That might be their guy. Mm-hmm. Might have something. You're definitely right. Uh, so, yes, I have to move on, though. I'm sorry, guys. But <laughs> we also we also miss uh, Jeff uh, Smackdown, where Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in a bar fight is announced for Extreme Rules. We'll give our predictions on that later. But I have to ask Tom, I've been asking all of our, our guests whenever this has been going on, what has been your opinion on Jeff Hardy and Sheamus's feud? This is my least favorite storyline in the last six years of wrestling. I think we're going to, like, I think I'm going to ask our, our post-production team to put a, together a video of what every special guest says about it. Like, y'all all the great quotes. That's a great, the worst storyline you've seen in the past six years. Of, of wrestling. That's not WWE. That's of wrestling. wrestling. Wow. The entirety so, so, of all so, 20 companies that exist. So, so, so six years in specific, what was the last one that was this bad? Oh, no, I just came back to wrestling six years ago. Oh. <laughs> I missed I, I, a lot before then. I, I'd have gave you one that would have helped that would have helped rattle some feathers in it. your brain. I'd have gave you the Lashley sister story. Oh, well, that I was preferred very... that to this. <laughs> there was less urine in that. There was still less... some urine, but there was less urine. <laughs> less apple juice. <laughs> And, and less exploiting of someone's problems. So, <laughs> yes, I I yeah. agree. This is oh yeah, no, it's definitely worse. I, I wasn't trying to one up you. I was just going muffling. Yeah, that that shit. wasn't that wasn't great. <laughs> I'll admit that there is there has been some bad storylines in wrestling, but it's wrestling. You get the bad with the good, don't you? Absolutely. That's 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 definitely right. Thanks, thanks, uh, thanks. But we also had uh, a karaoke contest as well with the uh, ladies of SmackDown. So, uh, Tom, what was your thoughts on the on the karaoke contest? Which even Naomi went on Twitter and said that uh, it was like making chicken shit into chicken salad. So, I was really hoping you wouldn't come to me again. 
on this one, I've got to be honest. So, in my opinion, they have history of doing this back in the Attitude Era, but it wouldn't involve less clothing. So it was at least an upgrade from the last 20 years ago, but at the same time, this is still... If any of them had pitched it and wanted to do it and were able to actually sing, I would have been absolutely fine with that. If they were invested in doing it, but ultimately, this is just another way that they're starting a storyline. I like that the lower card of the women's division on SmackDown has a storyline now. But this isn't exactly the storyline I wanted. You can do better. Even though, to be fair, the lower card on Raw essentially has bullying as a storyline. Well, can we get writers working on the lower card of the women's divisions? Just try. Or just get someone from NXT. Because they manage to keep every woman entertaining and in good storylines. Where are they when they need them? It's it's rough, uh, but yeah, like you said. But overall, raw it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better because in the main event we had uh, Sasha and Bailey defending the uh, WWE Tag Team Titles against the Kabuki Warriors in victory. A uh, very good match, in my opinion. What was your thoughts on that main event, uh, Top Guy JJ? Oh, uh, not bad. It was actually pretty good. Like you said, um, honestly, the women have been the best thing on WWE television, the upper the upper echelon women. Like Sasha has been amazing. Bailey has been probably the best thing on on SmackDown for sure. Asuka has actually been pretty good. Like Asuka, she's she's been pretty solid. Ky- um, it's good to see Kyrie Sane. It's, it's always good to see Kyrie Sane on TV for a little bit. They had on they had a pretty good match. Um, the women is really saving it for me for TV because the men's storylines are absolute shit. Um, now the the actually got a little bit interested when I saw the this little Dolph Ziggler Drew McIntyre friendship. The story is going to be more interesting to me than the actual match. But um, mm-hmm. I mean I, I just like seeing old friends just kind of crumble. You know, I kind of like seeing it, but we all listen. If we knew that Dolph Ziggler would even had a remote chance of winning the story, would have been a little bit more interesting. But Dolph Ziggler's story just ends up where all his other words go, which is in the trash. So yeah, I, I was gonna say talking about this feud when we get to the batch or the stream rules. It's not even in my notes for Raw. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, it's, uh, I, I enjoyed Sasha. I enjoyed. That's the best thing on Raw to me. Other than that, it's hard to watch. It's really kind of difficult for three hours to muster I'm- something. I mean, it's it's tough, but they have stuff going on. MVP and Bobby Lashley, <laughs> I like, I like, I like them together. I like that whole act. Uh, on Raw Talk, there was also a little tease of Oscar versus Kyrie, which is very interesting. After talking about Kyrie so much and her status with uh, WWE, what was your thoughts on the whole uh, status controversy as far as like Kyrie and her contract right now, uh, Tom? Well, from everything I've been told, Kyrie's contract essentially had run out, but they've extended it due to injury. The idea was, this is according to Wrestling Observer, that there would still be a storyline in which Kyrie Sane is essentially retired and injured in such a way that she has to go out of action. It certainly looks like they brought in Shayna Baszler to do that. To my knowledge, we're not going to get Asuka Kyrie Sane at SummerSlam. We could get Asuka Kyrie Sane as soon as this Monday, if Asuka does in fact come away with the championship and I think it'll be a great match but Kyrie has no chance of winning for some reason since she got to the main roster she's just not been given the attention that she needs and unfortunately for her she picked up a, a number of injuries a number of small injuries and they want to be extremely careful they essentially have rushed her back 
because of all of the information that's been whirling around when really they weren't sure they wanted to clear her. The idea from here on is that she could go to an NXT Japan. There has been some discussions about other people who might do that. Io Shirai is someone who was mentioned as someone who could do that if they can't convince her to keep going. There was also the idea they might approach Evil and potentially bring him over to NXT, but I don't believe an actual approach happened. So they're trying to keep people on WWE payroll as well as they can. NXT Japan is still in the pipeworks, and it would have already happened if not for the current situation. That makes a lot of sense, though, because it was well on its way before all of this was going on. Um, so we also had our Raw Orton versus Big Show in a not in an unsanctioned match made official for next week on Raw, not for Extreme Rules, which was a, a strange call there. But they're going for the ratings with ratings being down to a 1.5, the lowest Raw rating of all time. So people agree with Top Guy JJ. So he's happy to hear that. Uh, so also on Raw was Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. So that brings us to our top news. Uh, Kevin Owens is revealed as the WWE superstar who was behind the new mask policy. On a French podcast this week, host Pat Laprade uh, said that WWE started the new mask policy because Kevin Owens uh, raised concerns. He raised concerns because he felt that uh, this was during the July 3rd Raw taping, and he told um, Vince McMahon he wasn't comfortable with the amount of people not wearing masks and people being so close to one another. Then Owens said that he was going home, which led to McMahon asking Owens what he wanted him to do. Uh, Owen said that Vince McMahon is the only person that the WWE employees would listen to, which led to the policy being instituted. In an interview this week with Sports Illustrated, Kevin Owens confirmed that he did, in fact, approach uh, Vince McMahon about the handling of the virus and the wearing of masks by the crowd. Owen said that now that he sees the measures the company is taking, both him and his family, his wife in specifically, uh, felt that it was the right time for him to return. As we talked about on THH 80, Owen's decision had a lot to do with his wife's grandfather passing away due to the virus. So what are your guys' thoughts on this revelation of Owen's being behind the company's new policy? I'll start with you, Tom. Okay, well, I did mention this uh, on my own YouTube on my review for last week's Raw, which I think was 6th or 7th of July, that it was Kevin Owens who was behind this. And this is someone who, Kevin Owens, from the moment he joined this company, he's had Vince McMahon's ear for the simple reason that he tries. There are a lot of people backstage who are scared to go to Vince McMahon with their concerns. Kevin Owens has never been one of them. And you see that in, for example, opting out of going to Saudi Arabia. He's chosen not to go at this point because of what's happened with Sami Zayn, because of what's happened in Saudi Arabia, and because of so many people doing it. And that number of people opting out is going up and up and up. Kevin Owens has always stood up for what he believes in. He believes in this, and he made things change. I will never stop giving people credit when they stand up, they are counted, and they make things change. He did. He definitely stepped up and we were kind of like questioning the whole decision for him to leave and then come back. But he, he told he told it very concisely and eloquently in that interview with Sports Illustrated. So definitely I would go out of your way if you haven't heard it or read it, read about it before. Uh, Top Guy JJ, what are your thoughts on Kevin Owens being behind this? 
Kevin Owens is probably going to be my WWE hero for the handling of how they how they mishandled this whole damn debacle with the coronavirus with them because if they don't seem to want to want acknowledge it, they don't want to they didn't want to think that this thing existed. And and now with the the poor handling of it and the the lack of testing and the lack of the social distancing without wearing masks, which we've been adamantly calling out week after week after week on how crappy this company has been handling this and to get somebody that appears to be as serious as Kevin Owens, this is the best thing so far that the WWE has done in response to acknowledging that this thing actually exists. Because they've been very dull-minded to this whole thing ever since it seems like it's been started. Like, they were willing, for God's sakes, the whole freaking WrestleMania at Raymond James Stadium until they were literally told, we're not letting you go there. So, finally, if they're they're listening, finally, Kevin Owens seems to be somebody that I believe in enough that can actually make a difference in the handling of how this company addresses the whole social distancing, the whole protocols aspect of keeping people safe. So, kudos. Good move. I'll give them credit when they make a good move, but God, they're going to get the free when they get a bad one, but this was a good move to me. So, I know, Tom, you got some uh, news as far as, like, Vince McMahon. I know you've shared it before you've reported it, but you could share it with us right here on True Hill Heat uh, about Vince and him kind of uh, his decision-making process as far as this handling of the virus. Well, I'll give you a rough timeline based on what I know here. So when things initially went south, they started with temperature testing. To get in the building, you had a temperature test, and that was pretty much it. About So my YouTube channel is in its relative infancy. I had about 60 followers when six days before they announced that WrestleMania would be at the Performance Center... I said, we're going to have a close set WrestleMania. Now, that didn't get picked up at the time, but at the same time, the same person told me Vince McMahon has been asked to shut it down, and he said no. Same person told me again, after WrestleMania, he's been asked to shut it down. He said no, it's too important for the country. Now, with the announcement that a new person had been confirmed positive with COVID in the crowd that they brought in, He was asked once again, once they realized the scale of the situation, can we shut it down? The answer once again was no. It is vital. It is vital. Needed WrestleMania. (laughs) This has been confirmed since by members of his uh, his board (laughs) who have been interviewed and said that Vince McMahon, they refer to him as our leader, wants to keep this going. For the good of the United States, Yo. he wants to he wants to present a distraction from the ills of the world with wrestling, and he definitely presented that distraction, and at the same time presented the ills of the world. Because how many people have got it? Last I checked, last I was able to find out, the number is approaching forty people. People who have been confirmed negative were then confirmed positive by a separate test the next day or the next couple of days. People who have already had it have had it again. This thing has to be taken seriously. It was not. We have now reached the point where it is. But to my knowledge, there have also been two fines 
for people choosing not to wear masks properly. I mean, I mean, we've been we've been calling this shit out ever since this thing has started. We've been calling this the the, the mishandling of, the, of this virus out since since it started from the WWE. Like they have been so sloppy and so non-caring and so just not paying it no attention no attention whatsoever was being paid to this and just the lack of acknowledgement that it is a real thing like that's just what i kept believing i kept believing that they don't even believe that it was real and the fact that it wasn't harming their entire roster it might have gotten one or two people they didn't take it seriously so now they got maybe like five percent of their staff infected by this thing hopefully Hopefully, this is the moves, and hopefully Kevin Owens is the start of a movement that spreads like wildfire and people actually takes this thing as serious as it's been for the past four freaking months. I really hope so, and I've said this about Saudi Arabia before. One thing that's really highlighted in this for me is that they literally gave Kevin Owen, Kevin Owens whatever he wanted because they are running out of people. If we get to the point where he won't shut down, he can still be shut down by the talent stepping out. The talent have the ability right now to opt out of being there. We're not seeing Daniel Bryan on SmackDown right now. He's had the chance to go home. What we are seeing right now is people stepping up for what they believe in. And if people follow that lead, follow the lead of a Roman Reigns, follow the lead of a Sami Zayn, you can shut it down without being in charge. Because you've got to remember, you've got to decide... What is more valuable, putting on a wrestling show or the health of you and the people around you? Yeah, I mean, but this right here is just proving how much talent the WWE has that they just feel that they these big stars and these like you named these names that you just named. These are big stars that are kind of like standing up and deciding to sit out. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, who was the Intercontinental Champion. So these are guys that had opportunities and had chances to main event of WrestleMania and they're deciding to sit out. They more people, like you said, need to really take this serious so the company can move forward. They're never going to get in front of a live crowd the way they're handling everything right now so i mean they're they're responding to these positive tests but like like we we talk about this almost every week and every week we get a bigger number last week we said it was up to 30 now you're saying it's up to 40 and this is why you people out there watching right now if you made it this far into the podcast you brothers you you brothers sisters everyone you need to uh subscribe to tom collin hill's youtube channels because he's giving you that exclusive news like this so you need to definitely check that out for sure but tom guy jj like do any final thoughts on this before we move on i think um with the whole roman reigns and daniel bryan and Sami Zayn, those are powerful names but they were powerful quiet names like and what i mean by powerful quiet names is that they didn't use their they didn't use what they have which is stardom and they didn't use that star power and speak on a public platform to really address how this really needs to be handled by a other superstars from the company, other people that feels this way. It's like almost like a speak out movement that they needed to start. Like they should have kind of like culminated together and just kind of like started a social distancing form of just speak out and have your voice be heard and literally spread how you really felt. Because with Roman Reigns stepping away quietly, Daniel Bryan stepping away quietly, Sami Zayn stepping away quietly, big names, yes, but the voice wasn't loud enough because it wasn't made, it wasn't done with sound.
So if they do it with sound and they actually speak and put themselves on a public platform and the more they hear it, the more people will follow them. They cannot do what they're doing quietly and think multiple people will follow them. They won't have many. There are quite a few locker room leaders at the minute who are under a lot of pressure from people yeah, absolutely, around them absolutely. who want them to essentially lead a sort of walkout. To my knowledge, those people have no intention of doing so. Right, and they the thing is, is that they can't, if they do it together, you can't fire them all. You won't have a that, company. That That is exactly what I'm saying as well. So, if you're in a situation where you can group up and have that moment, and it's a real shame that probably one of the most powerful voices in the company, someone who literally people would follow to the end of the earth, person after person, is currently out injured and we've not planned to be back for a while yet. Who's that? That is Xavier Woods. Mm. That is probably he true. To, he has a platform to do it, and that's the thing. He has a platform to do it. He would have used like he would have used every platform that he could have possibly. He has a uh, over uh, almost a million subscribers. Is up, up, down, down. He would have been able to spread that word very, very quick. And his the way he speaks would have spread ball. It would have it would have went across, and a lot of people would have followed him. But Roman Reigns, to me, was the one that could have really got that ball rolling because Roman Reigns was the biggest star in the company. And obviously what he was dealing with physically and then what the risk that he took by stepping off the main event of WrestleMania so he doesn't put himself or Goldberg at risk or Goldberg's family or his family. He could have used that platform to really start a, a potential movement that they could have been speaking about internally that they would have all just done together. But, you know, everybody handles it a little differently. And Roman was just looking out for him and his family. So I was like, I totally understand the way they did it. But it's like, if you want that type of power movement, you really got to do it on a public platform so more people can hear you. Just going to have to be an annoying journalist right at the end here and point out we unfortunately have no idea what these people, uh, what their views are as to COVID, whether they want to work or not, even if they step out. I did mention Xavier Woods there. I have no idea what his thoughts are, Mm -hmm. whether or not he just wants to get back to work regardless of the situation yeah so unfortunately just had to step in and be journalists yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we we just talk opinionated man we don't we don't speak on what we know about them we just speak on what we think because we see what we see on tv and we see who's a powerful one so we just speak on what we feel what can be done not what should and what they should do I completely appreciate that, but there is a lot of people who follow me who seem to misinterpret some of the things that I say. <laughs> oh. So I just have to. You, you gotta set the straight, oh. good brother. You know what that, you know, that, that sounds like? That sounds like wrestling fans. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like wrestling fans. You gotta set the record straight, good brother. You you do you gotta do that. And I always say this is this is our unfiltered opinions. It is not the the facts. We we share. We give you the facts off the back, and then we give you our thoughts on them. And that's what we do here on True Hill Heat. So yes, our next topic is of course some of your favorite time of the week, where we give you. The ratings, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up right here on camera because I don't have it written down. <laughs> say words, say words. Yes, yes, I am. I I don't have it written down, so I am gonna I am gonna get you the ratings right now for week 41 of the Wednesday Night War. So so I don't know if you want to do the drums for Miss Chrissy Love this week, uh, Top Guy JJ. I don't do have. You? Myself- 
that 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 works for this week. So for week forty-one of the Wednesday Night War, we have WWE NXT with six hundred and thirty-one thousand viewers. Two, two, two. AEW Dynamite with seven hundred and eighty-eight thousand viewers. God AEW damn. Dynamite wins. <laughs> It gets back on the winning streak after three a three-week losing streak. AEW gets a W once again. And I'm just going to look at their rating and assume they won the key. 18 to 49 demo. Yeah, so this week... <laughs> no, probably not over 50. Uh, WWE NXT had Keith Lee defend the NXT and North American Championships in a very good match against Dominic Dijakovic. Very good match. In my opinion, it's a very good match that I've seen a lot of times. Uh, then we had Scarlett warn the champ that Karrion Cross is coming. And we also had Io Shirai defeats Tegan Knotts in an NXT Women's Title main event. Very good match as well. And then attacked by Dakota Kai. And we had Damian Priest defeats Cameron Grimes in a grudge match. We had on AEW Dynamite, it was Fight for the Fallen. In the main event, it was Moxley defeats Brian Cage to defend the AEW World Championship in a great, in my opinion, a psychological battle based main event all about the torn bicep of brian cage and we also at in the end we had taz throwing the towel so brian cage wasn't pinned or tapped out so made him look good great i loved it uh and then we had darby allen return uh which was also great we all we had cody defeats uh sunny kiss to defend the tnt championship with heavy teases of cody's heel turn once again we had a crazy crazy elite versus jurassic express match and then a glimpse a glimpse uh, just a, a peek of the cleaner the cleaner will cometh and we had vicky guerrero yes. Vicky Guerrero revealed as Nyla Rose's manager and Jericho in the inner circle gets juiced. So, NXT, AEW, what was the better show for the week? We will start off with our special guest, Tom. Take it away. A lot more seemed to happen on AEW, I'll tell you that. Just a lot more. You talk about NXT and what it's done, and it's tried to focus on great wrestling and these people and all that, and, you know, they, they slot people together. But the biggest draws in NXT, Adam Cole, Finn Balor. Didn't see much of them. Whereas on the AW side, John Moxley's back. That's enough reason to tune in for me anytime. But in addition to that, you've got so much going on. You've got Vicky Guerrero turning up. I never thought I'd call that a, a, a shock that I needed me! to see. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the theme song, the theme song is what drunk guy JJ would call a bobski. It's a Everyone's bobski. loving it. Everyone's oh, loving it. <laughs> Fight for the Fallen was a culmination of storylines. NXT's culmination of storylines was last week. This isn't a surprise to me. Absolutely. So you're going with AEW, it sounds like. Top guy, JJ, who you got? See, dude, now if you would have said that this week compared to last, yo, AEW mopped the motherfucking floor with NXT this week. 
Oh my yo, I barely watch NXT, yo. I I literally like there was something happening in every single segment to AEW last night. And it was top to bottom. It was an awesome show. Like AEW, damn like AEW usually has a very high bar. This one here, to me, this is one of their finer episodes. That I that I could recall for for the past few weeks at least. This was a phenomenal show. Like top, like we got teases of Cody, we got teases of Kenny. We yo, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm gonna leave that crazy match to you. But that fight between FTR and the Lucha Bros yes. did not make me realize that the Lucha Bros can participate in a fucking slugfest. Like, oh my god, yo, that was hard hitting, boy. Like that, ooh, like that shit gave me chills watching that fight because it was sloppy. That's what I like. It was sloppy. Like they had so many messed up spots, but the hits were just like pow. Like them shits was like, yo, they made up a botch spot with a hard ass hit, and it was so perfect for me. It was like, ah, oh, this is wrestling at its rest at its worst and its best. <laughs> like this this was awesome. And then like, oh Lord, that CNC and Kenny, Kenny is starting to snap, boy. Kenny is starting to snap. And, and, and just the the juicing of Chris Jericho after he told him he ain't gonna get that rematch. AEW just fucking killed it last night. They killed it yesterday, man. NXT ain't have a fucking chance. Like you guys said, I got to piggyback on what you guys said. AEW definitely had a lot more going on. Like I wanted to write, I wanted to write more notes from what happened from NXT, but I was like, none of these are really headlines. Legato El Fantasma sitting in some lounge talking about their legacy and talking about how dumb Drake Maverick is. I agree with them, but they're heels. I don't get it. So... So I, I, I like the stuff that I did mention. I like the Keith Lee and Dijakovic bag. For, like I said, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot. This was the highest stakes, and it didn't feel like it. It just didn't feel feel like it was there just one week after him uh, winning the title. It probably was a little too soon for that, in just my opinion. Especially it being in the middle of the show, threw it off. I was like, this is for both titles. This should be the main event. Like, I I, I get the push of the women, which I, I love, and that Io Shirai versus Tegan Nods was one of the best things on Wednesday night, in my opinion. Those two women are two of the best in, in NXT, and probably two of the best in wrestling in my opinion tinga knox i underrated she's very talented and Mm -hmm. she's she's one of she's one of the best baby faces when it comes to selling someone else's offense because she made io shirai look like a beast last night and io shirai hasn't looked like the beast that i remember too much from stardom too much so she looked like it in this match and i love tinga knox performance but yes aew won this week and the best part about it was the glimpse of the cleaner that's the I I I said it Boy. on AE recap. The they blended the two storylines I've been enjoying the most from AEW: oh, FDR versus the Young Bucks, and as I call it, the ballad of Hangman and Omega. It's it's all about the story, and everyone thought, and and all of this from the beginning, we all thought Hangman was turning heel, and he's the only member from the elite that really hasn't teased a heel turn yet. He's kept the same energy. He's kept the same energy all year long. The same energy. He's the only one. He's the only one, really. What's been your thoughts on this storyline, Top? 
I haven't been keeping up with it as much as I would like to be completely honest. I haven't watched as much AEW as I would have liked, but I obviously know a lot about what's going on because you can't get away from it. You can't get away from how these two came together. You see so many little skits of them sat in the back, like what is going on here? They deliver in the ring. And in addition, Hangman Page is entertaining when he's doing absolutely nothing. It's the most confusing thing. That's something that you'd always say about Kenny Omega, but he's t- he's taken the back seat essentially his whole time in AEW so far. He's been writing storylines for the women's division. He's been writing storylines for the tag division. He keeps forgetting to push himself. If now is the if now's the time, I'm ready for it. Absolutely. I I think I said it on the Revolution Review and probably on here. I feel like a heel Kenny Omega is our next AEW World Champion. I feel like... You know what I was going to say? What it feels like, though, is that everything Kenny Omega, even though he's been on the back burner, it feels like what he's been doing has been important till this day. Like, he's yeah. always kept himself in relevance and things of importance. Like, whether it was chasing the gold, whether it's trying to put some jobbers over and make them look good, building stars, he's always seems to have been doing something important, which is Kenny Omega has been phenomenal because it's like, yo, they could put the title on him whenever. Yeah. Like he's main evented three of the of the few pay-per-views that we've seen from AEW. He main evented both double or nothings as well as Phil Gear with John Moxley. And they left a lot of meat on that bone. That's that feud of Moxley and Omega. So when they 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 are not they are not on the both baby faces, they are on the heel and babyface side. I think that is gonna be perfect. They so, also ripped a lot of meat off those bones, man. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They're they teasing <laughs> us, man. They're teasing us. They're giving us that New Japan tease, man. I love it. I, I love I, how Tom took that alley and he ooped it. <laughs> but, I, but I'll tell you, though, the only thing that would have made, honestly, NXT a little bit more interesting for me is if, if they would have went with the Dijakovic line with him and Keith Lee, they should have made it non-title, and then they should have at least made Dijakovic at least pull off an upset on Keith Lee to make it seem like it's building to something else. But that title match right away, we knew that, that it was a dub. Like, it was a dub right away. It was a very last-minute decision. Yeah, Lee, but... Lee and Dijakovic wanted to make it happen. It wasn't something originally planned for that week, but they needed to fill the slot. They went for it, and uh, that's why it landed in the middle for a bit of counter-programming. Yeah, but for the title, like, we knew... It's like That's like the most predictable shit ever. Just trying to get viewers, man. Just trying to get viewers. <laughs> it was a good counter-programming move because their their history and then you had on the Elite and Jurassic Express at the same time. It was a good move, in my opinion. I just felt like it was just off. It just it just came off a little bit off. Even when I watched NXT on its own, it was still a little bit jarring to me. So... WWE news, we had Rusev announced this week that he has tested positive for COVID-19. This follows his wife, Lana, announcing that both of her parents tested positive. Thoughts and prayers to their family. Uh, any thoughts on that from either of you guys? No, it's pretty. It was pretty obvious that this was coming, man. Like, It's just like literally just carelessness by that company over there. And so like I get that, you know, Lana probably didn't probably under, she probably had no symptoms and she probably handed it off to the parents, unfortunately. And then Rusev, like, honestly, obviously, it, Lana has to have it too. So it's just, it's just unfortunate that the company isn't really taking the measures to make them aware of things that they have because they might not even feel it or know it. They might just be working out like normal and have it 
and be carriers of something they are completely unaware of. With Miro and uh, the efforts he's been making to try and get signed elsewhere and try and get back into wrestling, the efforts just that he's made on Twitch to try and put himself more out there, it's a real shame. This comes at a very bad time when he's really actually picking up so much momentum, even just as an on-screen personality. He's showing what he can do. These little things like Twitch, you can see Dakota Kai do it, Adam Cole do it. It's a great way to say to WWE management, this is who I am when you just let me go, when you just let me do my thing. That counts for anyone who's a free agent as well, such as Miro. So it's a real shame this has happened now, just as his no-compete is coming to an end. I feel for the guy, and I feel for everyone who's suffering with it. Now, hopefully prayers out to Marin. I hope that everything goes well and he recovers. But honestly, once he recovers from this, he's still going to be a very big fish in the free agent market. He is still going to be sought out the big time. I don't think this affects him. This just delays it. Yeah, I, I agree. It probably delays more than anything. So shout-outs to Miro and our thoughts and prayers to that family over there. So we also had Charlotte's WWE return in doubt this week. As this week on Twitter, she discussed the reasoning behind her absence. She's having a surgical procedure to fix an issue from a previous procedure. And Wrestling Observer Radio also reported this week that Charlotte has a reality TV show deal in the works. While Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling She says it's a scripted show on a big network so any news or notes from that that you have Tom it sounds to me a lot like this sort of reality TV where it's like um, the Osbournes back in the day as it were and, and the like where it's really a family built thing Ric Flair's been on TV a lot recently as well I don't know if he's been part of the negotiations but I can't imagine that Charlotte's got a deal that Rick isn't somehow involved in there is a TV deal on the table. Whether or not she takes it at this point, we'll have to see. But she's waiting at the minute to find out what's going to happen, what her expected recovery time is. I hope to see her back soon. However, the original plan, which was to have her back for SummerSlam, completely scrapped. There is no longer any expectation. They are now writing storylines with the idea in mind that Charlotte will not be back in the same way they're doing with Roman Reigns. They cannot predict when she'll be back, so they don't write anything for her. That's where we are right now. But that brings makes, us... Yeah. I was going to say, it makes sense. I was just going to say, it makes sense. Yeah. But that brings us to our other news of other people they've had to write out recently. WrestleVotes uh, tweeted out this week on their Twitter account uh, that Edge's injury and the lack of an audience has scrapped plans for both Edge versus Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for SummerSlam. Uh, any thoughts on that, Top Guy JJ? Uh, first of all, Edge was not going to be ready for SummerSlam. He has a torn tricep. That's definitely not going to... He's not going to be ready for that, first of all. So whatever plans they have at Edge, they need to scrap that shit. The only type of rematch that they would potentially have would be something like Survivor Series or something, even if he's ready for that. Because remember, Edge is 46 years old. Those injuries aren't going to heal as fast as they used to. And then he still got to rehab, and he got to rework himself in the ring shape again. Like he he's not he's not a young chicken. That shit is gonna take some time. So obviously that's not gonna happen. And um Brock versus Drew, no interest whatsoever. <laughs> the matches that were planned were indeed those. Orton versus Edge was supposed to be the blow off to the free match feud. The second they found out Edge was injured, that match was scrapped. Orton at that point suggested that he might work with Tommaso Ciampa or Adam Cole for the takeover around SummerSlam. 
And essentially, that's something that NXT would have been quite interested in, if not for the fact that they then weren't able to have Lesnar come in. Lesnar was supposed to be coming in. I reported this last month on my YouTube channel that Lesnar was due to come in, have a rematch with Drew and put Drew over yet again. That was the plan. At this point, there's been a lot of change to that SummerSlam card. It's looking nothing like it did previously. But at the same time, it shouldn't be too unspectacular. I think they've still got some great people there and they've been able to Absolutely. build them up. I think Apollo Crews is someone who's going to get more of a chance now. We're going to see Crews versus Lashley, I feel, at SummerSlam. I feel that's more likely. As yeah. well as people potentially lower down the card who've been able to step up. Alistair Black is one. Dominic Mysterio might make his debut. They can put on a great card. When it comes to Edge, the working plan at the moment is to have another big Royal Rumble moment because that seems to be the soonest they're likely to expect him. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Edge uh, winning the Royal Rumble this coming uh, 2021 and versing Orton for the title at WrestleMania, the fantasy book a little bit. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania, WrestleMania 37 plans are up in the air as WrestleVotes reports that although WWE is still planning to run the event in Inglewood, California, but they uh, are await a decision from Los Angeles because there are plans for the city to not run large-scale events for at least one year uh any thoughts on that time there was a backup plan in place for this year's wrestlemania until about half an hour before they started filming it there will be a backup plan of the arena in place for next year's wrestlemania until about half an hour before they start filming it if at any point even if it's already been filmed if someone says to vince mcmahon an hour before showtime you can hold a wrestlemania he'll make the call and they will do it so it's not news to me per se. I'm not surprised by it. And I definitely expected to be hearing it. I, I think we're going to be very interested on what's going to go on as far as WrestleMania as it gets closer. Uh, and finally, for WWE News, Fightful Select reports that there was heavy concern among those backstage in WWE, obviously, after Jamie Noble tested positive since he works so closely with the talent and produces matches. So we got to move on to AEW News. AEW, uh, this is... On the Wrestling Observer Radio this week, Uncle Dave Meltzer speculated that those within AEW say the main event singles push for Kenny Omega would come in year two, which we we saw. We're seeing the foreshadowing for it already on AEW Dynamite. Uh, FTR discussed more details about their handshake agreement with AEW this week, and they want to compete in as many places as possible to push tag team wrestling. And apparently they had backstage heat in AEW already after their appearance on Jim Cornette's podcast, uh, and they, they discussed this on Busted Open Radio this week, which was quite the, the listen. You should definitely check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we had PW Insider confirm that this week that Taz and uh, not ECW or the WWE designed and owned the rights for the FTW title, which is why AEW is able to use the title. And in both WWE and AEW News, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that one reader, which is an uh, Emmy Award voter, revealed that Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite have all been nominated for the Emmys in the Outstanding Structured Reality Program category. Very interesting. Any 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 thoughts from you guys as far as any of that AEW news? Well, I would just like to say for the Emmy, 
SmackDown's going to be the favorite because when it talks to reality programming, that's why they brought in Tyson Fury. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, he has that. He has that boxing background. So I can see you getting more and more mad. <laughs> Anytime we bring up the word SmackDown, it seems like it's the worst upset. show on TV, <laughs> yo. It's the worst show on WWE programming. Like, it's not even close. Uh, so our final news notes, uh, New Japan News, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced the cards for both New Japan Road and Segura Lord, which will be headlined by Hiromu Takahashi, Tensuya Naito, and Bushi of LIJ versus Evil Taji Ishimori and Dick Togo of the Bullet Club at New Japan Road. And Evil will defend the IWGP Dual Gold against Hiromu Takahashi, like we said before. NWA News, uh, Fightful Select reports that that Ricky Starks passed on a new contract offer with NWA of $1,000 a month before eventually departing. And current NWA television champion Ziggy Dice was offered $250 a month at one point and passed on it. While he did sign for the rest of 2020, he's still leaving the company soon. His deal was originally up for negotiation in September. I know you were all on ROH last year for their money practices and how much they were paying talent. So I got to hear your thoughts, Top Guy JJ. So, so why can't wrestlers get respect, Joe? Like I'm just trying to understand the lack of respect here, man. Like, 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 what is like, like? Listen, man, they can't be profiting this little. Like, the profits can't be this small, right? Like, help me out here. Like, the are the profits really this small? Where people are getting paid like pennies on the dollar? Yeah, Tom, Tom, you you gotta you gotta help us out. You're more in the inside than us. So, what is going on as far as this this news as far as NWA and who, how much they're paying Ricky Starks and Ziggy Dice? Ricky Starks and Ziggy Dice have both had interviews via Sports Keeda's Instagram Live. So, there's a lot to unpack there. From what I know, based on those, and based on what they've been making, NWA does not actually make all that much. They do make enough to pay more than that, though, especially for people who have championships and who could potentially walk into any other company. The idea, apparently, is that people who work for the NWA should also have other jobs. Like, dude, I make more money. I would make more money in a supermarket. Like, like it doesn't make like, dude, you can make more money at Tesco. <laughs> I mean, like, he's right. He's right. Like, 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 true. like come on. Like, it's just embarrassing, yo. Like, they work out for this. Like, they perform to this. And you paying them basically food stamps? With this becoming public knowledge, don't be surprised to see a bit of an exodus coming because as soon as people start talking money, people start realizing they're underpaid. Oh, my God. It's. Mm-hmm. it's it goes across the wrestling world. Like it won't stop. It won't stop with this NWA. Not, this is not 1990. All right, guys. So fi- our last two segments, we got to talk about 
first, the two big cards this weekend. We got Impact Slammiversary, which has a whole bunch of buzz around it. It's this Saturday, guys. So we'll start from the bottom of the card, work our way up to the top, a top uh, to the top of the card with a lot of mystery, of course. But we'll talk first about the number one contenders knockouts gauntlet match, as it's going to be Rosemary, Nevaeh, Sue Young, Kira Hogan, uh, Taya Valkyrie, Tasha Steeles, Alicia Edwards, Kylie Ray. Kimberly, Madison Rain, and our very own, that way we did an interview with way back in January, Jessica Havoc. So who you got in this number one contenders gauntlet? Who will verse either Jordan Grace or Deanna Parasa, who are in the title match later on in the card? We'll start with you, Top Guy JJ, because you got the most inquiring face. God damn, that's like the whole roster. I'm going to go with crazy-ass Rosemary on this one, man. Like, you know, you got to love some Rosemary. I'm going to go with Rosemary on this one. I mean, I was kind of itching to us tie up to, to, to Taya, but I'm going to go with Rosemary. Tom? I would say Kylie Ray. I think it hinges on the match later on in the night. But I think while you're with a good shot with Rosemary, Rosemary is evergreen. She can compete with anyone at any time. Kylie Ray, I feel, has got the the right demeanor to be the first challenger for someone new. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree that this really much this pretty much ties in with the uh, championship match prediction. But I am gonna go along with that. I feel like Kylie Ray, they have a little story building with her and Susie, which I think she's also in the match. I think I didn't mention her. I believe she's also yeah, Sue Young. I, I I just call her Susie now. I I distinguish the two characters because I'm into that little story and their little friendship. But I'm gonna go with Kylie Ray there. Impact. X Division Championship match. We got Willie Mack defending against one of Impact's newest stars. He says he's going to be the Fenex XT, uh, the Fenex Division Champion, Chris Bay. So, who you got in this one, Chris Bay or Willie Mack? We'll start with you, Tom. I remember in a conference call, Cody Rhodes really putting over Chris Bay because it's someone he really wanted to work with. Impact got the signing. Now's the time to pull that trigger and push. I'm sticking with Chris Bay. Top guy, JJ? Yeah, man, I got to go with Chris Bay on this one, man. If he's somebody that's a hot commodity that they put in word out, Willie Mack, you got to take the sell, brother. You got to take the sell. Yeah, I think that Willie Mack has been, it will be more of a babyface transitional champion. We had the the young heel in Ace Austin that he won it from, and he's going to lose it to the young heel in Chris Bay. So we got the Impact Tag Team Championship matchup. It's going to be the North versus the, the uh, I think they called it the, the Frog and the Scorpion. It's Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. The arch rivals will team together <laughs> against the longest reigning Impact Tag Team Champions. We'll start with you, Top Guy JJ. Uh, yeah, that reign is going to continue because there ain't no damn way in hell they putting no title on Ken Shamrock. This is just this is just for for people to clickbait. This is clickbait right here. Oh, uh, you got some. I basically agree with that. I think they've got the storyline going with Callahan and Shamrock. That's where they're going with this. This will all play out, and you don't need the tag team championships to do that. Yeah, they don't. I think the North needs to continue their reign, especially with the rumor of more tag teams coming in. And I'm going to make one key surprise prediction here. I think that either the Motor City Machine Guns or the Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows will come out after this matchup. And That's who I'm thinking about is Gallows and Anderson. 
Or, or I think they just announced the Rascals have an open challenge on the card. So who do you think is gonna uh, is gonna accept that open challenge? I think it's gonna be. I think the Motor City Machine Guns is gonna accept that. I that think actually they, they makes might have sense. both. Yeah, they might have both. I think the Machine Guns is gonna jump into that challenge, and Gallows and Anderson makes a statement at the end of the tag title match. Tom, I completely agree. We're on point there. And then we got the TNA World Championship. They are not recognizing, but it has a title match here. Moose versus Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Who you got, JJ? Because it's not a real title. <laughs> he gave it to himself. <laughs> like um, Moose is definitely winning this match, man. Tommy Dreamer is just there to put people over and make people look good, man. But Tommy Dreamer is going to have a nice showing. He's going to have a nice match there, have some nice little extreme moment. But, yeah, Moose is definitely pulling away with this one. You got to make the guys look good. Tom? I like that you mentioned about titles that people give themselves. There is a lot of that going around at the moment, isn't there? There there is. (laughs) I think you're entirely right. Tommy Dream is there to make other people look good. Moose is getting the right level of attention. He's finally getting a proper top-level push, and he's going towards great things. Now's the time to really keep that going. Absolutely. Impact Knockouts Championship match. This is where it gets interesting. Jordan Grace defends against Deanna Parazza. The Virtuosa has been on a roll ever since she came into Impact Wrestling, and she has targeted the champion, Jordan Grace. So who you got in this one? You kind of gave it away earlier, Tom, but I'll start with you. Well, in what is probably going to be the most shocking thing you've heard all day, yeah, I'm Deanna Parazza all the way, all the way. I'm a big fan of both these women, but when you bring someone in and put her above the entire division, and what a division that is. Impact Women's Wrestling is some of the best in the world. It has been for a very long time. And they have brought someone in, put her above all of those. I would be stunned if she doesn't come away with that title. JJ? Listen, man, I got to stick to my guns, man. I picked Rosemary to win this match, man. I got to stick with Jordan Grace to keep the title. You know, I, I, I listen, man, I, I can't, I can't change it. I want to see, I want to see that clash. I want to see Rosemary and Jordan Grace collide, man. Like, I'm, I'm looking for that. Like, Peraza's going to get her chance, man. She just got there. <laughs> he just got there. <laughs> I think this is another case. Like, like I said earlier with Willie Mack, Jordan Grace was a good transitional babyface champion, but there needs to be the next heel dominant champion in Impact Wrestling, and that's Deanna Parazza. So I think she gets the victory here. And Impact World Championship matchup. This is the one that has a lot of buzz around it, as it will be a new champion crowned. Ever since Tessa Blanchard was released from the company, they decided to make this a fatal four-way match with Ace Austin versus Eddie Edwards versus Trey Miguel of the Rascals versus a mystery opponent, which they have teased is a former Impact World Champion. So... Who do you guys have as the mystery opponent, and who do you have to win? We will start with you, Top Guy JJ. I am going with the return of EC3, and I'm going with him becoming the new TNA champion. Impact World Champion. Impact, whatever you want to call him. Whatever you want to call him, EC3 returns, and he becomes the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Tom? EC3 returns and becomes a new Impact World Champion. 
Uh, am I am I going to complete this? Am I going to make it unanimous? I think I think that this aces and eights tie in is going to tie in somewhere, and I think we're going to get a former member of aces and eights, and I think it might be Bully Ray as the oh, mystery. God! But I don't see him winning here. I see Impact <laughs> starting anew. They're going to start a new era. And Ace Austin will become the new Impact oh, World Champion. Boy, yo, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. That's WWE booking all the way, man. <laughs> and we got to move on to WWE The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. <laughs> that is on Sunday. And what a name. What a name. That horror show at Extreme Rules. Starting off, we probably got a cinematic match right here. We talked about it earlier. The bar fight between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Who you got, Top Guy, JJ? Clearly, Jeff Hardy lost at the last encounter that they had. Um, Jeff Hardy's been shitted on for the entire time. Jeff Hardy's got to come away out of this debacle as a winner. He has to. Tom? Jeff Hardy has still not signed a new contract, so I strongly suspect that Sheamus will be steamrollering him. I I think you're. I'm gonna say, go with the safe bet here, and I'm gonna say they continue this burial of Jeff Hardy and Sheamus wins here. What's the point? I what's I, the point of the story? If a burial. Don't get no victory. I think the point is the burial of Jeff Hardy. I think I'm, I'm getting it now. I for an eye. The matchup that has the world talking. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. Your thoughts on the match type as well as who you think is going to win, Tom. Well, I still have not watched the match in which Randy Orton penetrated Jeff Hardy's ear of a screwdriver. Because I'm a little bit not happy with seeing that stuff. I don't want to see someone's eye get pulled out. But if it's going to happen, let's make it Seth Rollins losing this one. Because I'm pretty sure he'll look very good in an eye patch. Top guy JJ. <laughs> I hope they both lose. I I think I think I think we I think they I think they both have with this, this stipulation. This, 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 like oh my god! Like oh my god! Like this, this is the makings to be one of the worst matches in a company's history. Um, I guess we got to pick a winner here. Um, Ray Mysterio, you already lost your eye, bro, so I'm pretty sure that they'll figure out a way to just continue that eye work, and, you know, you don't have a contract anyway because you ain't signed, so I'm going with Seth Rollins on this one. I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to go with Seth Rollins to win this one and Ray Mysterio to go off into the sunset. WWE United States Championship match. Who will own the blinged-out title as Apollo Crews will defend against the person that owns the blinged-out title, MVP? Who you got? Top guy, JJ. Dipset, dipset, dipset. You know what I mean? I'm definitely going with Apollo Crews to keep that. You know, he got to keep that strap for the next month. You know what I mean? He, he got to keep that. MVP ain't let him touch it since he fucking earned the shit. So, you know, he, he got to get he got to get his reward coming stream rules. Apollo Crews all the way. Tom? That belt was made for Bobby Lashley. That's the match I'm seeing at SummerSlam. Apollo Crews comes away this month. A placeholder for the blinged out title before he gets to Bobby Lashley. I agree. Apollo Crews wins. SmackDown Women's Championship match. We got Bailey, one of the MVPs on WWE main roster right now, versus Nikki Cross. Who you got, Tom? Have you ever interviewed Nikki Cross? No, I have not. I hope you get the pleasure. It is one of the most joyful things in the world. It's going to make me very sad knowing that Bailey's going to be retaining. 
<laughs> I she seems like a joy. Like honestly, Absolutely. she's a, she's on my wish list. She is definitely on my wish list for sure. Uh Top Guy JJ. As much as I would love to meet her, ain't no way in hell she's winning this match, Bailey. Yeah, I'm sad to say it. She's on my wish list a lot more than Bailey, but I think Bailey wins this one because we got the bigger match coming up. I Let's would be- like to have a beer with Nikki Cross. Absolutely. You would have a great like time. she looks like a blast to hang out with. We had a 20 minute interview and she spent most of it talking about grilled cheese. It's it's absolute magic in its insanity. And she's just exactly who you see on screen. It was the greatest interview of my life. I, I, I am smiling from ear to ear just hearing about it. I've got to definitely check that out. Raw Women's Championship match. Asuka defends against Sa- Sasha Banks. This one is the match a lot of people are looking forward to the most. I'm going to predict first here, and I'm going to go with Asuka to retain thanks to Bailey. Who you got, Top Guy JJ? This match hurts my heart, man. Because, yo, my heart, my mind, my want is for Sasha to pull this off. Like, I want two belts banks more than anything. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take the loss here if this happens. I'm going two belts banks, baby. They got to pull the trigger on her at some point. At some point, Sasha's got to win. This is it here. She's the hottest she's been in like three years. Give her the damn two belts banks moment. Even if it's for, even if it's for one week. Why not, right? Uh, Tom? They've given her the belt for one week before, and I don't think anyone was particularly satisfied with that. I think you haven't factored in WWE booking when you say she's going to win because of Bailey. I think Asuka is going to win because of Bailey, Nikki Cross, and Kyrie Sane. I think it's going to be a mess at the end of it, but Asuka will be the one escaping with the title. I, I didn't go for for random clusterfuck that involves everyone that's been involved in the storyline. So, yeah, you're probably right there. But it, it's going to be a good one, nonetheless. Uh, Wyatt Swamp Fight. This shall be interesting. We got Braun Strowman going one-on-one with Bray Wyatt. Cinematic match, of course. Who you got, Tom? I suspect we're all going to agree on this. Strowman wins so The Fiend can come in for next month. Who you who you got, uh, JJ? You know how I feel about how they handle Bray Wyatt. Same. This is exactly why Bray Wyatt is gonna, unfortunately, I think, win this match. Like they mishandle him in every way. You're you're yo. He should lose this match, which would draw the Fiend out because the Dream the, the Fiend is a powerful one, but for some reason. Bray is going to win this match. And then The Fiend is going to be mad. And then he's going to come and haunt Braun Strowman. And this is going to be the SummerSlam match where The Fiend actually wins the title. I don't understand it. I have never understood the booking of Bray Wyatt. And I will not understand it after Sunday. And I will not understand it after SummerSlam. The swap match goes to Bray Wyatt for some reason. I'm going to go with more interference in this one as well. And I think Bray Wyatt gets the win thanks to The Fiend. I heard this 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 theory on WrestleTalk recently. Uh, our good friends did their research on The Fiend character. And he's supposed to be the man in the woods. So we have the I, man I, in the I, woods. I just can't, come I just out can't with this shit. And I just The can't. Fiend will help Bray Wyatt 
get the victory over Braun Strowman. Yes, your yes, face, um, the face yes, is um, what we I will go all through. have that face. We will all have that face afterwards, but that is the weirdness of this whole storyline. The fiend will help Bray Wyatt get the victory. There is no separate fiend. I followed this story from the beginning. Bray Wyatt demands to be led. He dem- He's not a leader. He's not the cult leader they paint. He's a follower. He always followed Sister Abigail. Now she's gone. He found a replacement. He created one. There's no separate fiend. All right. You think your theories is right until you see shit happen otherwise. To be fair, it's to be fair, it's WWE. So who knows? That's the whole point. (laughs) Is that like you? Like you added Kyrie and Nikki Cross to the other? I just, I, I I think with my WWE hat on on this one, WWE Championship matchup is our main event, or it should be. I don't know. Maybe the swap fight. Oh, really picking this match? I, I, I just have to. I want a prediction more of what is going to be the match because we don't know. Dolph Ziggler has not revealed the stipulation. I think across the board. I think we can all say it at the same time. If you like, Drew McIntyre. McIntyre. Yes. So, so he's going to win this one. But what's going to be the stipulation, Tom? I know Dolph Ziggler said he wants something with ladders, but he wants something that's never been done before. I don't know how those two things can happen. I don't even know what it's going to be, but I can only imagine it's going to be something involving a high ladder, a big table, and a no Claymore match. No Claymore match. That should. That's actually how you defeat Drew McIntyre. That's a good idea. Um, top guy, JJ. We'll put the title on a pole or some dumb shit. Oh God. Like, so he can run and go get it. Like, like this is going to be an awful choice of a stipulation. Like, whatever he picks, it's not going to work. It's going to be whack. No one's going to care. Drew McIntyre is going to win, whether he has to put him in a full Nelson, hit him with a Claymore, hit him with a Powerbomb. It, it, it just doesn't matter with Dolph Ziggler matches. It just don't matter. I don't even care what the stipulation is going to be. Fuck it. I'll just say it. He'll put the title on a pole so he can outrun him and try to go get it. I mean, that actually is a pretty good theory. Um, I'm going to go with a tables, ladders, and chairs match. I was like, why not? It should be an entertaining matchup if it is a match. We all know who's going to win, but it should at least be entertaining. I like the, the no Claymore idea more than more than any idea I've heard so far, but this is going to be rough. This was very thrown together from obvious standards. So that is all for our horror show at Extreme Rules prediction, as well as our Impact Slam anniversary predictions. I want to chat with Tom a little bit. So, Top Guy JJ, I'm going to ask you to go. So, yes, I have to get a few words in with you, Tom. We got to pick your brain. You've been a journalist a long time in the wrestling industry. But what developed your your love of uh, wrestling? It's hard to say that I actually went out for wrestling. Wrestling really came to me. Over here in the UK, they would show it on a Friday night. So I'd get the Monday night role would be shown on a Friday. I'd get a recording of it on the Monday. So I was always a week behind. Never saw SmackDown. But at some point, as a 10-year-old kid, I come downstairs and there is Kane choke slamming. I think it was I think it was Billy Gunn. 
to be honest. I think it was Billy Gunn and winning the tag team championships, and I was hooked from there. It's funny we mentioned Kai and Tai earlier. It's the exact same episode, my first episode, as the uh, Unchoppy Your PP episode. One of the most epic angles, and and we awesome. actually we have a show on our YouTube channel. It's called True Rewind, where we are going back in time to the beginning of the Monday Night War, and we're reliving everything from the start, from yeah. both shows, deciding what's the better show, and the pay per views. So that is one I am very much looking forward to, good sir. So who are your like favorite wrestlers or favorite matches that you ever seen? Any storytelling, any film, any game, any book. I've cared more about the bad guy. The bad guy is just so much more interesting. And because I was a kid, I feel like I missed the Austin era because a guy beating up his boss, I'd never had a boss. I had no idea what was going on. I had no interest in it. I, I liked The Rock, but then he became a, a bad guy and a good guy and a bad guy and a good guy. And I, I, I really, here's the thing, because I didn't watch WCW, I hated Chris Jericho with a passion. Really? He debuted and he said, I'm going to save this company. Well, you're coming over here complaining my company. None of that, sir. And I couldn't get over it. For me, the top guy, someone I watched from that first match onwards, was Triple H. First pay-per-view I watched was SummerSlam, the ladder match between The Rock and Triple H. That was a fantastic match. I cared about that more than anything, although I did have a soft spot for D'Lo Brown because he was a European champion. And every now and then, he hailed from somewhere in Europe. Great, great finish in that match with Val Venus on the show. I remember that's one SummerSlam I remember like the back of my hand. You could just save the guy on the card and I know who he went against. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Do you remember the hair versus hair match? Oh, absolutely. Where the Clippers didn't work that well on uh, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> remember Howard Finkel doing the crotch chops? Oh, yes. Yes. Legend. Howard, Howard Finkel in the DI shirt. We had uh, ICP's great performance of the oddities. Which theme they song. put out. <laughs> They cut they out did? on the network. It's gone. I, I, I am going to flip. Well, we have to relive that on True Rewind. <laughs> no, really? Really? I, I got they, rid of it. I watched it recently for a review and just because I watch it every couple of years for the nostalgia. And it is. Yeah. I just put it out. You need, now, you, need to, you need to tell me your next review, sir. I, I, I love reliving stuff. I am one person that that's what we created this whole concept for a true rewrite. I love the old stuff. And it brings back the casual fans because they remember what, what they fell in love with. So um, what's, what would you say is your greatest, like the, the best show that you, you've ever seen altogether? Ooh, that's a tough one. There's been some quite good shows recently. I try and think back to some Attitude Era ones, but... There aren't any. I mean, I've seen some great Attitude Era shows, but the cards were all over the place. You'd get, like, good wrestling at the end, and then it'd be a mess earlier on. I think back to Judgment Day 2000, when it was The Rock and Triple H, again, The Rock and Triple H, in the Iron Man match. But if I'm picking one show, top to bottom, fantastic wrestling, it's an Iron Man match again, WrestleMania 12. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. They also had Diesel against The Undertaker. They had Goldust running away from Rowdy Roddy Piper, and that was also the pay-per-view debut of Steve Austin. 
very memorable stuff on that show. That is my significant other's favorite uh, pay-per-view that she ever saw. So she's well in agreement with you on that one. From the Attitude Era, I you use ironic. You said Judgment Day 2000 it was the first pay-per-view I remember that I thought of when I said top to bottom a great show. In my opinion, was Backlash 2000. That was also main evented by The Rock and Triple H. One of the best Attitude Era car crash type of matches that you can always remember and go back to and all the odds against rock and the austin return great stuff there so how did you get into the journalist uh, journalism field in professional wrestling i was a journalist well before i got into the wrestling journalism field i've always been just really interested in journalism by and large i i like interviewing people i like asking questions i like the endless pursuit of fact I like the fact that in any sort of journalism, people can say to you, okay, this is this and this is this. And there isn't two sides to every story. The sky is blue, the grass is green. That is really that simple. The idea that opinions and perspectives shape everything, it's its not actually accurate. There is an objective fact and it's our job to find it. Now, for a while I was a, rest, uh, a music journalist and for a while I was political a little bit but i've been a writer since i was six years old i've got a couple of novels self-published on amazon i'm, I'm working on a, a large fantasy epic as it were but i'm not good enough to write it um and everything i i do works towards that at some point at the end of the attitude era, i stopped watching wrestling my family moved across the country we just weren't able to watch it and i didn't really get back into it until i moved into this house just after coming back from a visit to florida after the biggest oh, wow. holiday of my life, two weeks in Florida in 2015, I came back, I sat downstairs, I had my PS4 all set up, I, ju I just got it. Yeah, I initially bought it for a flat I was in, I didn't have the internet and I had the game Destiny, so I just couldn't play it for about seven months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because of that, the WWE Network was right there, so I started watching. And we've talked about him earlier, but I watched so many matches, it was... Cena and Owens, Battleground 2015. It was Lesnar Rollins. Good matches, sure, but I was skipping through them. I didn't know these guys. Yeah. And then Bray Wyatt made his entrance. And I'm back. <laughs> and from there on, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm back. I'm watching wrestling now. Can I make a living doing this? 2016, I sat down. I wrote out a plan. So from a three-year plan, 17, 18, 19 to become a wrestling journalist. At the end of that three years, I wanted to make $1. That was it. $1 that I didn't pay back into anything. In June of the last year, I got picked up by Sportskeeda, and I've been making more than $1 for a while now. So it's worked out. But I have to give credit to Wade Geller, PW Torch. Yeah. I had 62 followers on Twitter. I sent him an email saying, can I write stuff for you? And he said, okay, what do you want to write? the rest is history that's awesome beautiful stuff man and it's that shows your drive your drive to accomplish something and set through with your plan so i love it man tell the tell the viewers at home about your youtube channel and where they can get your book as well i want you to mention that amazon site man gotta make that money man <laughs> fair enough amazon is just literally search my name tom colhue colhue spelled c-o-l-o-h-u-e and that is my YouTube channel as well. Literally just YouTube slash C slash Tom Collihue, all one word. My YouTube channel is fairly new. If you look back to my old videos, they are terrible, which is, I think, expected. And it was just me 
after I think Takeover just before Survivor Series last year with my phone recording something, no editing, literally just holding it right there and then uploading it because I thought eventually you've got to start. So I did. And now here I am. I've got a, a rough schedule Monday, well, Tuesdays and Saturdays. I do mo- uh, Monday Night Raw and Friday Night Smackdown reviews. I put exclusive news in those. Um, there's a few times when I've made news videos and stuff like I mentioned six days before they said that WrestleMania was going to be closed set. I mentioned that WrestleMania was going to be closed set. That didn't get picked up by the major websites, but if you go back, it's right there. I mentioned AJ Styles moving to SmackDown after WrestleMania. I mentioned that in January. Wow. That is how long ago these things were going. And when people say to me, oh, it's happened because of Heyman, it happened because of things way back when. It's all there. It's all easy enough to find. I mentioned in a Royal Rumble setup show that Nia Jax was cleared, but wouldn't be coming back until at least WrestleMania and would be shoo-in for the winner of the Women's Battle Royal. She has since confirmed that. (laughs) If you want the news, pop over there. Um, I'm trying to keep everything in one place and under one roof. But failing that, of course, there is a lot of reporting I do on Sports Kida. One of the articles I posted on Sports Kida that's got a lot of attention recently is one that I posted in October 2019. It was about Vince McMahon and Triple H keeping a short list of stars on the main roster who want to work in NXT and go back in some capacity. At that time, I reported the number one name on that list was Asuka, who has confirmed it yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. She said in an interview she wants to uh, go up against Rhea Ripley. So that that I, I want to see that match. I would love <laughs> to see that match. I Being in the UK, I've been able to see Rhea Ripley wrestle quite a lot, just in the UK scene where she wrestled there for a while. In yeah. June, I think it was last year, I wrote an article about Rhea Ripley and how I expected such wonderful things. And I remember her finding it and connecting with it. And then a couple of months later, she popped up at NXT and I lost my mind <laughs> in in August. So I was at NXT UK Cardiff and I was walking in to do interviews. I was interviewing Volta. I was interviewing Kaylee Ray. I was interviewing uh, Mark Andrews and oh, I forgot his name. <laughs> Flash, Morgan, Webster. There we go. I feel bad. My apologies. I was interviewing them. And as I walk in. I see a Rhea Ripley just in her full wrestling outfit going across the road to get a coffee. And I think to myself, no, that's just what she wears normally. That's just Rhea Ripley, isn't it? That's Rhea Ripley. Yo. That's just that's Rhea Rhea... Ripley. Yeah. I, and I, I, I just loved that. when she embraced, embraced that character, really. Absolutely. I, I think back to the first Mae Young Classic. My match of that was Dakota Kai versus Rhea Ripley. I was a Dakota Kai fan before when she was Evie wrestling in Japan. And then she joined and I saw her against Ripley. And you see her between the two years, absolute night and day. The thing I care most about when it comes to a wrestler, consistency in your character. Again, we had this talk about Bray Wyatt earlier on. If you have that character consistency, you will make it to the biggest stage in no time. She's going to be there very soon. I think she just has unfinished business in NXT. Probably another run around with uh, Io Shirai one-on-one. And then she can move up to the to the main roster. So you're a busy man, sir. You're doing a lot on your YouTube channel. So definitely check that out, guys. That's in the description below. As well as the pinned comment for this podcast right here. As well, it is in our description for our audio version of the podcast as well. So definitely check 
this guy out. He is breaking the news. We give you the unfiltered opinions of wrestling fans like yourself. He's giving you a little bit from from a little bit from the backstage. This man's got an ear backstage. He doesn't have a foot or two, but he's got his ear. I like it. I dig it. <laughs> Anything else you want to plug before I close things out, good brother? My latest uh, YouTube video it went up uh, at the time of recording, literally as we were recording. It is a look on, is AEW a threat to the WWE? I get this question a lot. I wanted to assess what it meant ratings-wise, talent-wise, and business-wise. That should be a very good back, uh, breakdown right there because I think it's a different answer for each of those when you when you kind of think about it. But I, I love it, and I'm going to love to see that. I'm going to check it out so I know you guys will as well. You also got to check out our lineup for our YouTube channel, a new Wednesday Night Warriors is up right now with Chris G and Romeo breaking down WWE NXT as well as AEW Dynamite as well as you can get a full breakdown of AEW Dynamite with AE Recap with Jimmy and Cash and I am on there as well. I give my thoughts on each and every match, how the show went and I'll give you a little spoiler we had different opinions. Yes Angry Jimmy is back with us, folks. <laughs> Our full coverage and review of both New Japan Cup 2020 finals and Dominion Roundtable is up right now. Our final Dark Side of the Ring Season 1 review for the Fabulous Moolah featuring Lucy T. WWE is up right now as well. We got Season 2 premiere of Going Raw with Drunk Guy JJ. His full review of WWE Raw this week with True Heel Josh that's up on the channel as well so check that out and this weekend we got two huge pay-per-view roundtable reviews for Samiversary and the horror show at ah! extreme rules <laughs> that's my best interpretation of that ad <laughs> I just I had love, to do it once <laughs> I love how everyone everyone noticed that scream a week late it was there the whole week before and nobody noticed no one said a word nobody until this it. week no one said a word until this week, but I just had to do it at least once on this podcast. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook, True Hill's group page, as well as True Hill Heat, our podcast page, as well as where we break the news and Battle Club Pro, our New York City based promotion, as well as our Chicago based promotion, Warrior Wrestling. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Same with Battle Club Pro, True Hill Heat. We are at True Hill Heat on all your social media platforms. And check out Wrestling Travel on all those social media platforms, as well as their YouTube channel. Please subscribe to them, as well as our good brother, our very special guest for True Hill Heat 83, Tom Conahill. Check. I'm going to have his name in the title for this for this True Hill Heat. So it's no excuse. He should see some difference in his subscribers after this. We're also going to have a separate interview with the Q&A that you heard on this podcast. We're going to have that as a separate video as well. So check him out. Definitely, this good brother deserves your support. And our my battery is dying YouTube channel for Marcus Cash, Jimmy Macaram's YouTube channel. You can check out our audio version on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until True Hill Heat 84 next week, I am signing off for the good brother, Top Guy JJ, who you can check out on Instagram at True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. And Miss Chrissy Love, who is missing on this podcast, we send our shout outs to her. Check out our check her out at Miss Chrissy Love underscore. 
and of course our very special guest tom hollyhoo any final words for the folks out there just a big thank you for having me i have loved the atmosphere and the energy you guys bring and i really look forward to joining in at some point in the future thank you i have already put in my mind we need you for an episode of true rewind good brother you seem like the perfect person to get in our delorean and go back to the monday night war (laughs) i would be more than happy to that sounds like a great night into me (laughs) I love it. So signing off until True Hill Heat 84. It is me. It is me. Your True Hill Phenom SP3. Until next time. Peace.